Okay, we can talk. We can talk. <laughs> we Hello. Can talk. Welcome, everyone. Welcome, Shannon. And you, um, yeah. so glad to see you, Alex. Yes, today we have our special guest, our doggy mom, Alex. Hey. Hi. Thank you so much for joining us at the show and uh, bringing your um, live event and experience in front of the camera. I think we would be enjoying to learn a little more about this dynamic that, uh, you know, unfolds itself in your home with your one dog that you have and then the other one that just enter, enter the family. Yeah. So just as you said, I'm just real brief. Originally, Alex was going to come on the episode to talk about Happy. Happy is the dog you've had for how long? Uh, two years. For two years. And how did Happy become a part of the family? We rescued him from uh, the streets in Mexico. So we brought him from Puerto Vallarta to Iowa. Aha. Oh. Okay. Puerto Vallarta to Iowa. That's a big jump. Good job, Happy. Um, so originally she wanted to talk about some of the behavior he was conveying around other dogs when she took him to the baseball games or something, the kind of behavior he had that, but cut to the following week, they decided to adopt a new puppy. And so now there is questions about integrating the puppy into the family and how to do that and the best way to do that. So there's harmony among everybody. Mm-hmm. So, so I don't did, know if you want to start talking about with Happy or if we want to talk first about the puppy integration, um, but that's a little background of how, so, how it came to be here. Uh, the very important, the, the very important uh, to understand first is that when the new puppy, especially when the puppy joins the pack, what they have a tendency to learn is from the one that is in charge. No matter how hard we try how hard we try, the dog gonna always follow the lead of one that is in charge. So because of that, it's always important to understand that uh, communication in between dogs, in between Happy, and what's the name of the little puppy? Charlie. Charlie. For example, uh, because there is uh, no possibility for two of them to miscommunicate their relationship, right? And obviously, oftentimes, the best thing is to do is to focus on the older dog, to do the rituals with the older dog and the older dog going to teach the younger one. That's how it goes. Because if we give all the attention, usually what happens, if we give all attention to a new dog, we want to fix and train and do whatever we want to do with the new dog. And then we actually forgot that uh, the dogs are connected much more than we think. And we still try to learn how to become a leader or leaders of the dog, of the dogs, right? And now if the little puppy misbehaves and gets all of our attention, that might cause the old dog to start even misbehaving, misbehaving most because that's the way to grab the attention of the owner. So it's kind of always uh, the one that I want to fix, for example, Happy's attention was on you until the little puppy didn't came. And what was, as I understood, was happening is that Happy was trying to fix you, right, Alex? And now the little puppy comes in a picture, and obviously, I don't know, is that a case, but we focus uh, our obedience training to a puppy potty training, do this, do that, you can do this, you can do that. And then we somehow shift the focus from the dog that needs our attention because we need to be a leader of the group. 
and the leader leads, the rest of the group follows. And the most important thing is to have one dog under complete, to inspire one dog, and then he'll take care about the rest. Great. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I, so, that, that is, that's very helpful and uh, definitely happy. He, he, he's, he's really obedient and he listens to me very well. Mm -hmm. He is the, he's the only one that follows all the instructions when I give instructions. So do you, have, keep... do you have any problems with the happy behavior or something that you, you would like to change or that's something that bothers you? There is only one thing. He's, he's really intelligent. He, uh, he comes when I call, when I got him, let me just back up okay. a little bit. When I got him, he wanted to run away. That's all he wanted to do. He wanted to run away. He didn't. We lost him like three or four times. And uh, he didn't want to stay. We have a fence yard. He would find a way to get out of the fence. But with time, he started bonding more to me and trusting me. And now he, he completely trusts me. We walk on the street and we walk without a leash. And he mm -hmm. listens when I, to my commands. I say, come, he will come. The only issue I have with him is when we meet other dogs, mm -hmm. he becomes completely aggressive mm -hmm. and you think that he's going to bite them or he's going to do something, but that's not the case. When they come close, he's fine. But when they are far away, he starts barking and twisting into his, uh, into his collar, you know, he turns into a demon. Mm -hmm. <laughs> really. And if, if he, does he do that if he's walking by your side without a leash? No, he doesn't do that. He, he's very interested in, in, in checking the dog out, but he doesn't do that. Yeah, because the leash creates some um, strange connection in between human and dogs. And oftentimes the dogs behave completely different on a leash and completely different when they are uh, without a leash. And somehow, uh, because what what's the, uh, significant, um, uh, why, would the, why would he still want to do, protect you from the dogs? is because he thinks that no matter for a reason, your little group, so your little family, let's call it like that, you and his uh, mm -hmm. family, is, uh, uh, might be in danger uh, when other dogs are around. And obviously you laid out that he was a little Mexico stray dog, right? And now he lives in, uh, next to you and in, in, in your home and in your family. And that's what something he was, uh, he was, he was missing. He was missing. The, he didn't know that he went so far from Mexico to Iowa, right? In his little mind, he's just another, in another place, in another environment. But maybe um, he will be able to find his way home and that is why he was going away until he didn't actually realize that he won't find his old friends and old streets and uh, everything is different and now this is a new life and that is how the dogs very quickly adapt to the new circumstances. Uh, what we need to keep doing is actually ensuring them that there is nothing of theirs to fear uh, and then when you are walking, two of you walking outside the street, that he taking care, taking care about you and by protecting you from the other dogs is not his job. Mm -hmm. And that is what he's uh, seeing as of danger because probably holding 
back patterns of memory. He needed to protect the territory from the other dogs and from the others that were like attacking because that's what happens when the dogs are living in this uh, straight street environment. They are protecting their territory. And as we spoke to so much uh, oftentimes, uh, stray dogs don't go to the walk so much as we think we need to take them to a walk because they were like fencing their little territory and protecting that territory from the others that attack the territory. So taking dogs in the long walk, especially until they do not understand that communication in between us is perfect and they do understand that we are the one that leads, protect and provide, then they're going to relax and stop looking at the other dogs as a threat because it's me, it's the owner who yeah. decides. And then that's if we need to do something, we need to do something. Well, that's okay. what I was going to ask you then. So... Again, I love this because I feel like it gives so much insight into what's going on in Happy, right? Yeah. yeah. So what can what can Alex do to establish with Happy that he doesn't need to protect the territory so much? Okay, so first that starts with a protected territory at home. So you need to start communicating with him pure language of the respect and love when the dogs are in place. So that starts with the feeding ritual. Uh, the play ritual and the coming and like a separation and uh, separating and reuniting ritual. So those three rituals is pra if practiced constantly and enforced for two weeks, he's going to stop barking on the other dogs because you're going to take over the, 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 the leadership role and he's going to be completely content that if he needs to protect and if he needs to join the forces of protection, he will be invited and you're going to call him if you need him. Otherwise, it's under his watch. But now we need to establish this routine of what does it mean communicating the, the right, uh, the right um, uh, family system structure uh, with, the language, with, the canine, with the canine language. And that's nothing to do with you uh, fixing the problem when he's barking on the dogs. That's already a symptom of he taking a role of the leader that assumes that he needs to protect the family from the other dogs, right? And what right. he finds very interestingly, he finds the dogs to be uh, something that's very dangerous for the community. And that's not far away from what he brings as a memory. That's what I was going to say. That makes sense. He's coming from, yes. Yeah, that makes total sense. Okay. Yeah, so it's like not people he's afraid of or other, it's dogs, because that's yeah. what he probably had to watch out for on the street. Yes, and he yeah. protected his family from the other dogs, and that's what, what was, uh, you know, it's still memory, and he just does the same to you. Uh, because especially when you bonded, as you said, because you said, like, he was going out, what he was looking for is his old place. He was looking for his Mexico. <laughs> he couldn't find the Mexico. He couldn't find his street. And probably if you would be able to have a drone or the cameras or something like that, you would see that every time he goes out from the fence, he would go uh, less away. So it would be, for example, seven blocks the first day, and then you will find him, bring him back home, and then five blocks next day, and then three blocks next day, and then suddenly realizing that there is no reason for that because it's not the Mexico anymore, it's not his street anymore, it's not his life anymore, it's completely different lifestyle and they are slowly 
uh, actually very fast, adapting to the new circumstances and take them as uh, as granted. That's that's it. Because yeah. you provide the food now, you are you know we don't know which kind of lifestyle he had there. Who provided the food? Did he needed to go scavenge around, or they had someone that you know bring the food outside on the street? So that's kind of stories maybe right. that we don't know. So for so the rituals, I mean, they have rituals in place, but you talk about specific rituals for how you set up leadership to make sure that the dogs know we are the ones providing, protecting, and, lead. uh, and leading. Yes. <laughs> so um, could we start with that maybe to talk to Alex about the feeding? Is it the feeding ritual first? Yeah, let's yeah because that's okay. that's that's the union. How do you feed your dogs? Tell tell to me like how when you when you decide to the day starts and then how do you and when do you feed them and how that process looks like okay so things have changed with the puppy with a new puppy but in the past without the puppy mm -hmm. uh, we get up uh, at seven in the morning he's he doesn't want to go out until 11 mm -hmm. and he doesn't want to want to eat until noon so he has lunch and mm -hmm. then dinner. Okay. How do you know that he doesn't want to eat? Because I have offered him early in the morning food in the mm -hmm. past. You know, at the beginning, I offer uh, early in the morning food, and he just left it there. Mm -hmm. So I, d I don't want food sitting for a long period of time. So I mm -hmm. stopped feeding in the morning, and I started feeding at lunch. And then, then he eats the mm -hmm. he eats the, the food. Okay. okay. And then, uh, how do you? What do you feed him with? Like a kibbles, or you cook for them, or raw? Uh, no, I do kibbles with, uh, sometimes chicken and, uh, yogurt, some, mm -hmm. you know, a mix of different things. He likes that. Okay. And Fruits. then, uh, yeah. And then when, 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 when you, you said you don't want to leave the food on the floor, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, do you have, when you, when you pick up the food and when you pick up the bowl, like what's happened with the bowl, you wash the bowl and then where, where, where is the bowl until the next food? Do you put it back oh. on the floor or it's somewhere I put it back on the floor, or it sits, uh, or it sits in the in the countertop. Mm -hmm. it, it depends if it, if it has food or it doesn't have food. Okay, so if the, if it has the food, then then it stays down. Yeah, if I, if it has food in the past, mm -hmm. I used to leave it down. Okay, but with a new dog, we can't. Things have changed completely. Yeah, yeah, per, because the new dogs is te teaching you right way to do it. So it's kind of like because that's how it should be done. So there you go. Uh, that's usually one place where we are losing our position is when we think that the dog chooses. Because if you say he chooses not to eat when I offer him a food, so he has intention. He has in his mind understanding that he can decide when to eat because he leads, right? Mm -hmm. he, that's a decision of the leader. If you would see and observe the wolf behavior, you know, the mom, the mom wolf goes far away to hunt and then let's say 10, 20 miles away, she uh, brings down a deer, then she eats whatever she can mm -hmm. and then she, you know, leaves the rest for the scavengers and the beers and whoever eats after they are done and now she needs to come home. So all of that food is within her stomach, half digested. She comes home. The puppies, you know, say hi, but licks around the, you know, mouth to make mm -hmm. her vomit that out. She vomits, moves aside. The puppies eat, and that's it. So when uh, the it doesn't happen that the mom comes from the from the from the hunt vomits out, and then the puppy doesn't eat because someone else is gonna come and eat. 
some other puppy or some other lower ranker dog or even the mom would come because the food is not to be wasted in the nature. So okay. we do play a role of the wolf mom mm-hmm. and the dogs, no matter for how old, they remain a wolf puppies. So that's, uh, the dog can have like uh, 15 years in his uh, mind and that is what made them dog he was frozen in a time of wolfhood, of wolf puppyhood, right? And they always interact with the humans like their mothers, or that is why we can call them babies, because that's real interaction, what happens in between dogs and, and humans, is wolf puppy to a wolf mother. Oh, okay. So what we did, how the real ritual looks like is that whenever I decide to put the food down, that depend on my time, on my schedule, that depend on do I need to hunt one mile, 20 miles, or three miles? And then how long is going to take me to go and come back? So I can come back at 10 in the morning, in two in the afternoon, I can't, I, maybe I won't come today. So it's not on a dog. Soon we release him from thinking when and what is going to be eaten. And when presented the food, he has two choices, to eat it or to wait for the next meal. That's it. So how the real ritual of the feeding looks like, it's that we kind of, you know, mimic this natural flow of feeding ritual. So what we do is first I want you to, you know, get ready because we now need to, now we need to uh, increase the theater theater around the feeding ritual. So everything is more exaggerated. Mm-hmm. Okay. So okay. we don't get the chance to miscommunicate our intention in any level. So the pictures we send will be very clear, nonverbal and only actionable. So what I want you to do is first prepare a piece of the grape chocolate or whatever, some bite and have it handy on the countertop. Okay. Take a f- Take a bowl of the food and prepare whatever you used to give to the food. While you are, while you are doing that, chew your little grape or whatever you have handy. Okay. So one bite of something. What, ha- what actually is happening there, signals that you are sending to your dog, would be that uh, saliva is uh, starting to be released the soon we start chewing whatever we chew. Mm-hmm. So digestion process start in the mouth. Mm -hmm. That releases saliva. Saliva already have a lot of hormones, digestive hormones that radiates. The smell of those hormones radiates and dogs can smell much better than we can do, right? So in his little mind, digestion started. Mom eats first. Then you take a bowl, you put it down, and that's again movement of you eating your food and Mm -hmm. As we put the bowl down, we kind of mimic a motion of vomiting. Mm. So you vomit it down. Okay, it's ugly to understand, but I I think like we need to use a (laughs) real world kind of like because that's a theater. Now you are now Mm -hmm. we are playing this comedy or tragedy or whatever, and you want to exaggerate everything because that's how they're gonna get a clear message. So you're putting the bowl down, you move away, you don't say a word. So you just put the ball down, you move away, and then you just stay in the same room. Don't look at your dog, but have it, have it in, a, in a viewpoint, how you say, like, you know, see it. 
The moment the dogs move away from the from the food, you go there, pick up the bowl, and wait for the next meal to come. That's all. If he eats the entire food and everything is down, and he you know moves away from the from the bowl, you go there, pick up the bowl, and that's it. So you have a beginning with your little chewing. You have a middle by vomiting it out. And then the, the, the everything you are sending is a clear message of you are the mom and they are the puppies. So that's the first ritual. I have a question. Yes, please. So with the puppy, things things were easier with happy before, but with the puppy, now I put the food down and one wants to eat the other one's food. You know, the puppy wants to eat happy's food and uh, Charlie wants to eat uh, happy's food. And I'm in the middle trying to, hey, no, that's not your food. That's not your food. Yeah, I get that. So what we do then is actually you can separate them in two rooms. You can uh, make, um, for example, um, you can have a fence in between the kitchen and living room and one of the dogs will be, because the feeding ritual lasts five minutes. They have whatever time they have until the bowl is down and the first step away from the bowl, it's gone. You are the one that goes, take the food and they, they, they need to think and then they're going to think, oh my God, what happened there? What we are encourage, encouraging dogs here is to think think and take a responsibility for their actions, not to take a blame or not to be punished if they do so they don't do not to be punished. No, we are teaching dogs to think and to make a responsible actions mm -hmm. with understanding the circumstances. If I do this then, and if I do this then, and then what's, what's clearly here communication, what we communicate is a hierarchy without any use of force, without anything saying, it's a pure theater and pure body language that cannot be misinterpreted. So so then is there a certain amount of time then you said that after the bowl goes down that you give five minutes and then... No, it's kind of like I said, maximum, they, they might be around the five minutes, but what I want you to look for is the moment they move away from the bowl. Okay. Is that clear? So they, and then you go there, you pick up the ball, no words, no nothing, and you wait for the next time, next meal. If happens to be in the afternoon, it's okay. If happens to be tomorrow, it's okay. You always have in your mind three, three, three. The dogs and the humans and every, uh, every uh, creature on this planet can survive. Three minutes with, uh, without max, three minutes without air, three days without water, and three weeks without food. So don't worry about them being hungry. <laughs> okay. Thank you. That helps a lot because I think that uh, it totally makes sense. It totally makes sense that if they move away from the from the dish, I just need to pick it up. Yes. I, I didn't know that. Yeah, of course, because Perfect. that's that's kind Thank of you. often time we just, you know, it's just a feeding time. So let's give them the food and let them play with it. But that's a power game because that's actually the, the food is a source. Uh, the point of un unity in between the humans and the dogs. We we made a pack, we made a pact, or how you say, we made a contract around the food. The food is the main, uh, how you say, main uh, topic of the contract in between humans and the dogs. And that's something that we really need to be careful about because uh, very easily the messages can be slip, uh, you know, slip through our actions and being not present, not aware or not knowing, whichever. Want, uh, the reason why we are not doing it won't uh, change the outcome of not doing it right, right? So this would be, you feed them in the different rooms. That would be the mm -hmm. best way. 
Okay. Because the feeding ritual is not something that lasts and you don't need to stress around. Don't eat this, don't eat that. Have them separate in two rooms or in Porsche one room, you know, separate the room with the fence or the little baby fence or whatever. So you have them both under the control. You don't interact with them while they are eating. They have all the privacy to choose what they want to do. And the moment they step away from the food, the food is yours. Because what you did, when you, when you bow down and you, mm-hmm. you kind of, a, you vomited the food and then you moved away, what actually we are, we are sending the message, food is abandoned. Abandoned food is available for you to do whatever you want to do with the food. You can eat it or you can abandon it as well. But the moment you abandon it, it's available to someone else. Exactly. Yes, thank you. It, it helps a lot. And I have another question. Do you think that it would be okay to feed them at different times? Like, could I feed them, uh, you know, yeah. one first and the other one later? Yeah, you can do that too. You can kind okay. of like uh, feed uh, feed them in uh, in the hierarchy. So feed the happy first and the baby second and, uh, you know, do whatever you, because that that's, that's the question for you to answer. Because we eat when the, when the leader decides what we eat, what leader provides, and we eat as long as leader allows. allows. And that's all that matters. Uh, the best way for them would be, you know, because sometimes if you choose to feed them different times, again, it's an experiment and you see what works best for your family. I think uh, when, because sometimes can happen that if you feed one and then wait for him to move away, then feed the other one, it can be a possibility, but also can cause a lot of drama and interaction in between them that they're going to go later on and fix by themselves which one is getting your more attention. What I think you should do and try doing it is that you put first, you have both both uh, food prepared, you chew your gum, whatever you chew, okay, and then you put down the food for happy first and then for the Charlie second because that will be a direction for them to eat. And if Charlie chooses to follow you while you are putting down the happiest food, Charlie's bowl is abandoned. Ah. Okay. So so after, if Charlie leaves to go get Happy's food, Charlie loses his food. Yes. And then Charlie will think about it. Why did this happen? Why did this happen? And that's because of that. And that's how he eventually can learn. So actually, I'm sorry. I think the happy is the oldest dog, right? The happy is older. Yeah, happy. Put the bowl of the happy first and then the bowl of the uh, Charlie second. Great. Thanks. Okay. And that that can be done. The entire entire this maybe one day they're gonna be confused because they are not stupid. They exactly know what you are doing. Once you are start doing it, they're gonna exactly know why you are doing it, and they're gonna question like why she's doing it today and didn't do it all of all this time. And then they might resist the first two days, but then for sure they're gonna get answer. And I I would love you to let me know how it, the food how the food ritual is going like in two days. It's gonna be like miracle to see That's the cha- them change. It's gonna be fun to watch. It's going to be fun to watch. Yes. <laughs> yes, <definitely>. please. <laughs> okay. The next thing is <clears throat> uh, everything happens on your watch. Everything. Oh, this this is a good one. This is a good one. I think every yes. doggy mom listening to this needs to listen, yes. like tune in and pay attention. When you have in line with the food and you are doing it right, they're going to immediately start to see, are you just joking? 
is this by accident on really uh, or we have wake up in the morning in which we have a leader to follow and then they must might uh, become a little pushy for a couple of days and what the pushy can mean the pushy can mean attention grabbing uh, whatever can mean attention grabbing, bringing you balls to play with them, jumping on the sofa when not invited, trying to jump on you and uh, do anything that they can so you give them attention. That's a trap, right? <laughs> so when the dog comes to jump on you, when you say, oh, he wants to jump, just ignore that behavior. Ignore. So what does it mean? When you say he he wants to jump on you and he said he oh he wants me to you know to take him and then you take him and then he remains there for two minutes and then he goes right or five three minutes yeah. or five minutes that's happy then he goes and then wh wh why is that happening because actually he comes he comes to challenge you and if mm. you fail the test then he got disappointed. Then he goes and he says, "Okay, it's 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 mine to worry. Okay, it's mine to worry." Wow. So, so what we actually do is when he jumps on whatever jumps and you didn't invite him, just if that's a sofa, let's say let's let's say he jumps on a sofa, what you do is just calmly without any words put him down. He jumps again, you put him down. He jumps again, you put him down. Uh, and then you put him down and you put a chair on the sofa so he can jump on a chair, right? If right. The, so if it's okay for him to be on the sofa, if she calls him on the sofa. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. That's what I wanted to say. It's very important that you wait for the time that you get at least five minutes of his, uh, like, uh, time for himself. Okay, so he tries ten times to jump on the sofa. Ten times you without words, without panic, without anger. That's important. We need to control our emotions. So you need to understand that you are doing right thing. And if he tries 15 times, you need to be persistent 16. And then he won't try it anymore. Okay, thank you. That's a I, power I do have play. a question. So he tends, what he's been doing lately since uh, we have Charlie, he's been uh, jumping on people. Like, for example, Shannon is here. So what he does is he runs and he jumps uh, on top of her legs like, without yeah, so being invited. Today he just, like, jumped right into my lap. On, like, mm -hmm. back, Yes. That, that's, again, because uh, uh, his, his pack up until now was you and him. And maybe your son, right? And I don't yeah, know who right. you live. Xander. Mm -hmm. yeah, there you go. So three of you were the pack. And then suddenly the pack is expanded to one more dog and one more human, right? Mm -hmm. Here comes this is Xander. He's going to say hi. 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 <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for being with us too. And uh, in tune in into this because you and mom and Shannon need to put all of this in place because that's yeah. very important. Yeah. yeah. So You're thank you so me. much. So the pack, original pack, was Alexander and Happy. Yes, yes. And then they just got Charlie last Friday. There you go. And then yeah. you you stay with them too, or you are just uh, visiting? Yeah, I'm here for a month. There you go. So you are you are a member of the pack too. And what he doesn't know now is actually for how long you're gonna stay. There you go. Hi, happy. And where's the Charlie? Oh. I didn't see the Charlie. Charlie, <laughs> Charlie, come. There you go. That's a good way to show Charlie. Charlie, come. Now, if Charlie, Charlie wanna come. come, he comes, good boy. Come, Charlie. Is he here? 
he is somewhere. <laughs> Charlie, come. Is he ignoring you? Charlie, come. Charlie, come. He's ignoring you. Oh, he's chewing on something. Oh, he's chewing. <laughs> okay, that's that's. Oh, here he comes. I hear him. Come, Charlie. Come, good, Charlie. good boy. Reward him when he come. Well, happy. Okay. There you go. This is oh my Charlie. God. It's a golden doodle poodle or what? How it's is golden doodle. Oh my God. How old is he? Three months. Three months. Oh, he will be a big Three dog. Months. He'll be. <laughs> they think 40 to 50 pounds. They're guessing at the shelter at Noah's Ark. Oh my God. That's so sweet. Who abandoned him so cute? He, you, he do you know the story? That. The, the breeder, uh, the breed, it was uh, surrendered by the breeder because mm. he couldn't sell him. Oh, yeah. that's kind of like a sad story. And it, but, was you know. him, it was him and his brother both were together at the shelter and mm -hmm. they both got adopted. Okay, great. Congrats. Yeah. That's, that's great. That's great. Congratulations. And now you can as well like enjoy him as much as you want and then put him down before he want to go. That's very <laughs> important as well. Put him down before before he chooses to go on his own. That's important as well. Because there you can lose again. There you can lose a little challenge by, you know, uh, deciding when the dog uh, comes and when the dog goes away from from your lap, for example. So you right? you with the same with the okay. I get it. Those the food you make the decision, and then that's how they continue to know that they're the leader. Yes. Okay. Just a second. Xander, do you have any questions? Do you have any does questions that make so far? A, Does that make a difference to, like, if Xander and and Alex, like, is she the leader? Is, Al, is Xander the leader? Does it matter they're both the leaders because they're both the humans? Uh, it would, so what, what should be is, you know, for, we have a family first. The human family is the right. mother, then the son, and then the older dog, and then the, young, the youngest dog. So it will be... But, that would be the lineup, you know. Does it matter but, who feeds them, though? I guess that's what I mean. Like, no, it's both of them. Uh, both but of them need. Sandra would learn the same ritual. Yeah, of how just to feed. important. Important thing is to be performed the same way. Okay. Yeah, because it doesn't matter. Yeah. Okay. So let's come back to the to the uh, jumping and everything else. So when they jump for the, for example, you can you can practice that with Shannon because she lives now, you know, for a month she will be there. So the right way to do it, Shannon, is to ignore is to ignore that, right? So when that happens, when you come in or when you come in the in the home or how, can you just tell me when he jumps on you? When you come um, back from home or when you enter the home or are you in a home and then he just randomly chooses to jump on you or how? Yeah, it's more when I'm in the home. He doesn't run and jump in on, on me. But like once I'm here, he like stands up and like gets on my legs like he wants to be picked up. Or okay. if I sit down, like, outside, like, before we go on the deck, he, like, runs and jumps into my lap. Yes. And then whatever you need to do is just put him down. And as much as he jumps, you just keep putting him down. That's all. And then, you know, the, give them the chance. If he also, if he does that, like, ten times, you might also consider putting him in a timeout. But I would, you know, if uh, you know what you need to, what you need to kind of... Uh, you cannot become angry. That's the most important thing. So you, okay. you cannot become annoyed. If you need to repeat, putting him down, gently telling him it's not your place, you're not invited, and just keep repeating it as it doesn't bother you, 
they're going to get the message much faster. Okay. I don't get bothered actually. I think it's more if he's on, if he puts his like paws on my leg though, like he wants me to pick him up. Is it just important that I only pick him up when I yeah, you say don't, I'm going to pick him up? You don't react to that. That's misbehaving. Oh. You are, you are okay. not invited in my, you know, we are learning to set the boundaries with the people. Right. This, this is, is a perfect good. exercise so <laughs> to set the boundaries with the dog. Right? And that's exactly, did I invited you to my spa safe space? Right. No. Why are you oh. petting me? This is so good for humans. It does. For boundaries, you know? I mean, right? You kind of, you welcome people and then you don't have boundaries because you welcome them in your space, right? right? The, mm -hmm. ones that are, the ones that are bothers us are the ones that keep pushing beyond right. our, our yes. space that we are kind of very... And this is a great place because what the dogs are is wonderful. This is wonderful manipulation. Because they're going to do that and they're going to get you in their, in their trap with the cute yeah. eyes and this and that. And they can, that can kind of prevent you from recognizing that double-facedness in, in a people. So just stay right. strong, right? Yeah, you're right. You're right, though. <laughs> I mean, I think this is why you asked me to co-host this because the consciousness of humans and the consciousness of dogs, like I have more background with humans and you are like the expert in the dogs. But there's so much overlap in how they teach us like listen to them they're fighting um and yeah and because how what, we learn listen what happened now why they are fighting is because they both were in the hands of humans what happens now is that what they do what they want to do is reestablish their their little hierarchy so they're going to fight for a couple of minutes and once they're sure that everything who is in place and in charge that's all they need to do and that's why, why it's very uh, kind of uh, interesting and important for us to work and to give full attention to the older dog. The and older then dog. the older dog going to teach the younger one because the younger one going to just observe the behavior of the... And, and yeah. everything the, the older dog going to know, the younger one just absorb. And there is no better teacher to the younger dog than well-behaved dog of, that's older. So it's perfect. You just need yeah. to give your full attention on communicating the canine language to your dog. And then the outcome of that would be they suddenly start barking. They want to stop uh, peeing all over the place or whatever they, they were doing that was annoying you. They're going to stop doing because uh, you claimed back your position. That's all. Okay. Do you have any questions with that? Because I know there's a lot of little no, distraction there. No. Okay. Very clear. Okay. 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 This is great. So that, I mean, again, you're right. It is hard because they're both cute. And when I think a lot of dog parents, we've talked about this in some of the previous episodes, when we want, we're giving affection thinking it's a good thing, but then we're accidentally yes. getting out of the hierarchy of leadership if we don't do it on our terms and we let them and we, we let them to. lead when we pick them up and when we do everything. And so this it's is just a, you you actually bought and inspired a wonderful thought line in myself. Because actually, you know, those cute and uh, nice eyes of the dogs. You saw Charlie's eyes too, yeah, right? You, like, that you cannot resist. <laughs> but that's hard. a wonderful school to recognize the intention of the people. 
that gonna end up, you know, uh, that, that, that because this is a cute action and very looks like very charming action mm-hmm. done by a cute face and pretty eyes and everything that's gonna have a terrible outcome and consequence. Yeah. Yeah. And oh my you, gosh, this is so like you said though, in humans, it's very yeah. similar. Like a so, very attractive human there you go. can Perfect. get away with so much and people like just again, let a lot let of the red flags pass because you're like, oh, but he's so handsome so or he's so charming and blah blah blah. And then bam. Then bam. <laughs> and then because we are not leader of our own life and we just because yeah. we were we are so in need of being wanted, seen and loved that we yeah. actually oversee all of those red flags. And this is a great practice. This is a great exercise for the life event, you know, even for your child. If you teach him properly to be careful about this because consequence of this is these dogs might hurt us or these dogs from this cute face might end up doing this or that to other humans and everything started out from the best intention and cuteness with the right. terrible consequences, it's a yeah. great life lesson. Yeah. I'm going to give this to you and I'm going to put that outside. Perfect. What are they doing? Tell me. They are ru- they are running around like crazy, and usually they don't do this. But I think they are fighting over a bone or something. You can open the door. Yes. It's kind of no words. Open the door. Let them go out. Move the bone away while they are away. You can put him outside too. Yes. No we put words. one inside and one outside. You can separate, separate them, but also you can let yeah. them play because they are they are in a playing mood. Oh, we separated them. Don't separate. He said, "Take the bone," but we separated them. And I think it's better to separate them. Do you want him in or out? Out. Okay. It's fine. Yes. Because the, mo- the 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 less thing you give them, less chance you give them to uh, be confused around. More. Now you're gonna, you know, like two three minutes, and they they're gonna start barking to each other, want to reunite and want to join again back and things like that. So it's kind of like you all, what you want to do is uh, first, uh, now all of your attention is on this, these things. So the dogs lost their, uh, their little, uh, you know, stage. <laughs> so what okay. they want is to get you from attention fully focused here to them because uh-huh. that's what they used to. Whenever they do something, your attention is there. So, right. and I do understand it's difficult because um, I would, uh, you know, I do understand that you now need to be focused on doing, you know, this podcast with us. Uh, but on the other side, uh, there was, there was, a, there was a way to kind of like uh, let them, let them be ignored and play. And also, it's very important uh, put away the the bone. Where is the bone now? I think that it's in the living. And and any anyone any one of the dogs has a bone or no? I don't maybe happy got it, but no one had it when they separated. Okay. Because that's always also important. If you give a bone to one dog, you give it to other dog. And also I give it to both. I give it to both, you know, one each. And then what happened to the other dog? The other, the other bone. Finish it first and then got the other one. Oh, and are they fighting over that bone or no? Sort of fighting, yes. Uh, Happy wanted it, and the other one was chasing. You know, the little one was chasing for to get it. Yeah, so that's actually like big. They were running, like, and Happy was growling. Yeah, because when you that's also very important thing. The dogs would also enjoy their treats or their praise 
uh, on their own. So you have you have a food that I just explained you how how to do right, like food feeding ritual, mm -hmm. and then occasionally I wouldn't uh, suggest you at this point to introduce the bone. So let them eat this bone and then have a month without the bone until you do not establish a well-developed and well-understood relationship in between every single one of you. And then when they're sure, if they, because they're going to use every single possible element to do the this power challenge and power game, because now what's important is, because obviously, obviously in their little mind, you are out from the picture of being leader. That means that they need constantly to fight who's going to lead this little family in the pack. Uh, when, when her attention is somewhere else. No, no, no. At no? this point, at this, at this point of your oh, relationship, there is no leader uh, in the house that the dog can rely on because we just didn't know how to communicate that. You are the leader anyhow because you provide the food. So that's, that's provided. But when we provide them and communicate with them with our words and our behavior and how this, you, you know, he jumps and you take him, that's, that's a wrong message communicated to the dog. And then the dog thinks that because that would never be done by the leader. Right? Yeah. yeah. So now this little pack that you all create is missing the leader. And it's obvious that some of two of them need to take that role. And what they are fighting, it's not the bone as much as a position. Now the little puppy is missing a lot of knowledge and wisdom and maturity to do that, but maybe feels like much more empowered because obviously maybe at this time gets much more, more attention from you guys by training the puppy to potty train or whatever you do with the puppy, right? So the puppy mm -hmm. usually gets more attention. So when the puppy gets more attention, sends the signal, I get more attention because probably I'm more important here. <laughs> and then the, the, the happy has already his uh, environment, you know, structure in place. And now all of this doesn't make sense. And all of this is, you know, failing. And now Shannon came, like, how long is she going to stay here? And now it's another pack. And now I need to care, take care about one more. So it's a big stress on dogs. So he thinks he has to take, until there's a leader established, he thinks he has to take care of the puppy and me. And her and, and, and her and Xander. Yeah. Xander, but I yeah. mean, like now he's have four yes. instead of yes. just two. That's yes. a lot of pressure. <laughs> That's a lot of pressure. Yeah. yeah and you can okay. see that in his eye. He, he Even when you see him, the way he looks around is always to see the danger. Is there, you, you see that the way he looks, right? It's always like a tension, like a seeking it around. Like even when he looked at the camera, he was, he was like looking around, like right. always attention attention everywhere because he just don't know what's going to attack you. And then he need to be there to respond. Right. So did we cover what she can do when happy barks at other dogs, like how she can help nothing, in that scenario? Nothing. Just move nothing. on, say thank you and move on. Don't, don't try to do nothing because Does she get in front of him and say, thank you between him and the dog and say, thank no you. Time because that's already reactive. I would, I would suggest to kind of, uh, practice, uh, you know, playtime is also, let's come just to the third thing you can do, right? So this, this is the thing. When he jumps, you put him down. He jumps, you put him down. He jumps, you, he jumps 15 times, you put him 16. And then when he relaxes, you, pay, you wait five minutes for him to be relaxed and then call him to come. 
and then mm. put him on a sofa, have him you know, do whatever you want, just have that movement of your joy and togetherness come from your inviting him in your space, not yeah. in inter interrupting your space. That, okay. that makes sense? Okay. okay. And then so, the third thing you can do. I was going to say, I was like, what's the. The, the third thing you can do is take him in a garden, take them both in a garden and play with them. Play with them, no matter which kind of, you know, be creative as much as you can. Whatever means that, whatever play means to you, and always invite them to be part of the play and stop the playing at your convenience. But try to do that every single day. And then for two weeks, I would love you to uh, kind of like uh, stop, um, stop walking him outside um, in the walks so he can meet new dogs and interact in those things because uh, he's just reactive and actually not ready for the walk. What we need to do first is reestablish the environment in which he's going to accept you as a leader. And then when you take him to a walk, what's not walk for him, it's a work. Because that's that what he used to work when he was in the, in the Mexico. He used to go out walking, walking by doing, looking for the food, protecting what's his territory and marking so others would know where is his line. And that's what's very strongly embedded in those dogs. And what we need to send a clear picture, that job is now mine. So when, when, and usually this is enough, like one week is enough, two weeks is perfectly, uh, uh, one week. So what we want to do here is to kind of keep having that message uh, very compact communication wise. So feeding ritual, playing ritual, and then, you know, re reuniting and inviting them in your environment, right? He comes when, when it's invited. And also when you come home from wherever you go, you just don't give them greetings and attention and nothing until they do not come down and then call them and then they're going to, you know, interact with them. So that's very important. So you come, you go, you come from home, you, come, you go to the market, you come home, they're going to usually jump and whatever they're going to do there, ignore until they do not sell the lot. It might take 20 minutes, it might take 15, it might take five, but it's very fast going to you know, completely disappear and they're going to get the message immediately. Because what we want to do in these two weeks is learn, to give the dog time to think. And then when he thinks, he'll say, oh, my God, look at, she's taking it over. Now mm. she's releasing me from all of these duties. And when you take him to a walk, he won't be able to, he won't do, do it anymore on the other dogs. I guarantee. It's so good. It's so good. I mean, I, right? Right? Um, so I don't, I wonder just real quickly, because I know we're kind of getting to the end of our time, but... Did you have any questions about kettle um, kennel training your puppy? How that makes because the puppy right now is being potty trained and all the things you mentioned. When he's no longer in the kennel, and I, I get get that she would wait till he come, you know, like calms down when she comes home. But right now he's in the kennel. Is there anything like that with the greeting ritual that she would need to? So why? Uh, let me understand. Why is he in a kennel? 
Uh, well, he's not potty trained and I work, so mm -hmm. he cannot be left uh, alone in, in the house. Uh, he has a crate mm -hmm. and when I'm not home, he goes into the crate and when I come home, I get him out of the crate and take him out uh, mm -hmm. to the same spot for uh, so he can pee. Mm -hmm. and so that's the way that I've been potty training him and he's getting, he's getting better. Is he doing something in a crate? No, nothing. No. Okay, so um, that's also part of the things. Uh, uh, sooner he learns that the uh, entire house is a cave, so entire house is a crate, mm -hmm. he will stop doing it because the dogs don't pee in a crate. Do do they don't pee in a home. Mm -hmm. So whatever they feel home is, they won't do it in a home. The okay. message of peeing, when did you get him? It's going to be a week on Friday. Yeah. So uh, that's when we expect from our dogs too much. When you took him away from the brother and from the shelter, what you did is actually separated him from part of his family that he was grieving. Mm -hmm. So the reason why he was peeing and pooing all over the place was to try to call his brother to find him. Mm -hmm. And that approximately lasts, if we, if we let that happen, it's going to last like for, let's say, uh, two to three days max. Mm -hmm. Because then they're going to see that actually it's not working because the brother is not coming. The parents are not coming. My, my old owner. And that's everything that the happy was looking for outside. Okay. This puppy is trying to invite in the new way because he thinks he's kidnapped, right? And the only, he is. We kidnapped them, right? <laughs> and now what he needs to do is he need to invite his brother to try to find him, try to reunite the little family. And the only way for them to do that is to pee and poo all over the place. So I would, I would, I would actually, to be honest, uh, if you do the feeding ritual for a couple of days, like let's say do three days, and then uh, try, uh, try, are, do you having, are you having those uh, pee pads? Are you using those? I'm not using, but we have them. Yes. Put them in the house and try to put them in the corners on the opposite side of the entrance. So wherever the entrance okay. in the house is, try okay. to put them in the corners because that's what they would mark in the nature. They would mark the periphery and the, the periphery of the of the home because that's what they would mark if they would be outside. Right? Yeah. So you try to pr predict where the dog is doing it. And if you see him doing it on a pee pad, reward him by good boy or give him some treat. Okay. And if he doesn't do it on a pee pad, don't say nothing. Just clean it and bring the pee. Because you're going to start seeing that he, when, when, if they are not calling someone, then they're going to pee on one place. If they are going to call either you or the older brother, then they're going to pee all over the place. Because they want to make it as messy as possible, as smelly as possible, because they think that they're going to find me somehow. Mm. Right? And that's last, as you see, your little, you know, the happy needed like months, two months, three months, maybe to understand it's not his street. This is a, this is a street he doesn't, don't understand. This is a street where... He doesn't have his old friends. It's nothing as it's supposed to be. And he slowly stays at home, right? As the same going to happen to a little happy, but you also, um, very important characteristic of the leader 
is that a leader trusts. Leader trusts his employees. A good leader trusts that everyone is able and have skills to do and fulfill his duties. So soon we start trusting our dog that he won't do it because we understand the reason why they are doing it and there is no reason anymore, then I encourage you to get rid of the crate and start introducing him to his uh, uh, whatever, where do they sleep, I don't know. But the reason why they are peeing and pooing, it's nothing to do with them wanting to you know, make a mess and they will never do the mess all over the place. They're going to have a certain places. If they can't wait to get out, they're going to have certain places in the home to do it. And you can train them which places of that can be. So uh, because you already have him two months, uh, two weeks, or one week, right? Now we are entering the second. Right. There you go. Try, try this uh, feeding ritual for, for a couple of days, like two, three days. Okay. Mm -hmm. Play with them in the garden once a day on your watch, on your schedule, and have that as a religiously every day I play with my dogs or um, uh, your son is playing with your dogs, but have it religiously. Initiate and stop on your watch and then prevent them from getting into your safe space without being invited. If you do those three things, communication leadership, leadership is clear and you won't, be a, you won't need to care about your dog um, eating, uh, peeing in the home without being, being on the pee pad. And I encourage you to start using pee pads as soon as possible uh, because that's something that, uh, that will help you understand. Uh, and then the, the dog that's free and uh, it's much more, it's much less, less under stress because when you, when you, I don't, I'm, I, I don't, I don't suggest people to use crates at all. Uh, but I suggest I help people get rid of them, you know. But you need to feel when is the time you trust your dog and when you will be able to understand that he's being only to invite you or to get back to his own family. So it's very emotional way of doing it. But yeah, that's yeah. very important to be done. So he gets a clear message, the brother is not going to come pick me up. My mom is never going to come pick me up. But that's, they need to go through that stage. If we prevent that stage from happening by closing them in some little compartment, they're going to be scared of doing that, and they will never emotionally mature. Just because wow. they're afraid of losing some you know, carpet or need to clean this or clean that. Never punish a dog for doing it. Because he never intentionally do it to hurt us. They did always because they think this is what they need to mark. Or they did it because they, they need someone to bring home. To either come. you or someone else. How does, that, how does that land with you? Like, How does that feel to hear that? Uh, with the crate... For me, it's more a safety issue too. You know, he chews on everything. I can I cannot leave him at home by my, by himself. He gets into cables and plants, whatever it's on the way. And where so, is uh, where is uh, where is a uh, little where is uh, happy by that time? Where is he? Oh, he's free. He's he's super well behaved. He doesn't chew on anything or touches anything. But Charlie again, gets into again, everything. the chewing, the chewing at this stage has to do a little bit with the, with the, with the, with the, with his teeth and going through mm -hmm. that stage. But you can also help him uh, chew that, you know, 
uh, exercise that while you are playing with him. So that's time when he can chew. Okay. So sweet. Okay. And then what's, why he's chewing when he's alone is because he's, uh, he's anxious again. And then anxiety. No, it's, not, it's not when he's alone. I'm here. Mm-hmm. He chews on plants. He chews on, he, you know, he's getting into everything like, like a baby. Yeah, true. But then so, kind of like we don't, we, we, we would maybe just, you know, what, you know what we did in our home when we got our puppy, we were looking about what he's doing. And then we were like, you know, put the plants a little higher. Uh, we, do, we don't put the baby in a crate just because we have a plants on the, on the floor. Uh, just try, try to get rid of, not get rid of everything. Try to adjust your environment for dog to start learning about what's... And to, because what we want them to do is start thinking and consciously and willingly choose not to do things that bothers you. So if you don't want him to jump on the... We, we had uh, chairs on the sofa. And then we said, like, I don't want dog to jump on sofa. Do, I, I said to my uh, two veteran, do we want a dog on a sofa? No. Okay, so what we do, when he jumps, we put him down. When we are not at home, we put the chairs on a sofa so he can jump even if he wants. If, if he was eating our plants, we would just put the plants on a higher, on a higher end so he can't reach to them. And when you take all of these things away from him, he, the only thing you need to encourage for that little dog is to play with your with the happy or sleep when you are not away and again like a safety issue with the safety issue comes from a trust more we trust better they behave but you need to develop that from within it cannot be i told you don't do it right i'm telling you just get rid of whatever they can chew on as much as you can think of and then encourage dog to kind of like have a crate as a, a safe space but not a prison while you are right. away, because that right. might open in the future some, some, so it can bury some trauma and of the, of being alone and being, uh, hold, hold in a, in little, you know, cave within the cave. And then he's going to yeah. interpret otherwise those messages that might later on bring some other kind, other kind of harm that we need to deal with, um, with, with later. Right. Does that make wow. sense? Yes. Yes, it does. Yeah. This I, has I been. I know it's sometime that we expect that we have a house and then we bring a dog and we expect him not to touch anything. We need to rearrange a house for the little puppy. Yeah. And then pl place everything what you can to be ch because you want to get distraction away from the dog, so two of them can come join together and then. Uh, happy can teach him what's to be done and what's not to be done. Yeah. When we can kind of already see that when they go, when we play in the yard, like that happy is taking that role and Charlie is looking to him yeah, to learn what to go and what to run after and that kind of thing. So now it's like thinking about how do you do that in the house? Yeah. Just, just have, try to see the plants. Okay. We have this and we have that. Okay. Where we can put so he doesn't get reach of them. What do we do? So we, take attention away from the puppy and then all of that all of that is just uh, anxiety that they need somehow to cope you know, every single time they choose something it's only uh, it's also they release a lot of endorphin while chewing mm -hmm. and that balances the stress hormones aside 
Okay. You know, and that's so and is the, is the house adjustments just for a while, like the plants and things? Yeah, is that yeah, 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 yeah. Just, just for a while until until the dog doesn't understand because he, obviously the happy the happy did got a message happy and he was like a stray dog never was involved with something like that and he yeah. never you know so why why the little puppy can't have the same uh, relationship with the right. with the environment he live in but you need to give him a chance because maybe maybe also as of now the only place that's his is the little crate that's where he is when he's alone when you are not home the the big dog is around and he is in his little crate right so what that might be a message for the little dog is this is mine and the rest is to explore because the rest is not mine i need to conquer it ah uh, that makes sense that makes sense right yeah and that makes want, a lot of sense because if you want if what you want to do is to have dog claim entire place as his home and yeah. then he won't do nothing what's harming the home because that right. the dog don't do it. It's all his. Yeah. It's yeah. good. It's 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 precious. It's sacred. Right. Yeah. Oh, Sasha. I can see that in Happy. You know, for Happy, his his home is sacred. You know, he's he just he doesn't do any of that. He's really, really well behaved. Yeah, yeah. But then 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 we need to now trust Charlie. That Charlie gonna learn that from the and the dog once you once you take so I, I encourage you to do this ritual thing for a couple of days, and then try like don't okay. put the dog in a crate and then you know you know also what you can do like leave him in a home, and then, um, you know come back after five minutes and then leave the home for ten minutes, and then leave the home for fifteen minutes. And let the dog out without being in a crate. And that would be giving him a chance to understand you are coming back, right? Mm. The mom is coming back. And I don't have an access to nothing. And what 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 I what I want to do is actually sleep and play with the happy. That's all what he that's mm -hmm. all what the dogs are doing when the owners are not around. That's that's what the happy dog is. And then why how that's to be achieved by, you know. I, I couldn't stress enough that the first 74, uh, 72 hours are the most important one because then we need to understand that the dogs are going through super experience of grief by separating them from the family or from the street or from whatever habitat they were used to before we before we took them. And yeah. then we, because from our perception, I went there and then I saved the dog from the shelter because there was some breeder that couldn't sell them and then they abandoned them. But in their little mind, they were he and his brother were changing a home from here to there, and they were together. And now you came to save them, but in their mind, you separate them in part. Yeah. So what they want to do is, until they do not claim you as a family, they want to invite the other part. So they yeah. grieve. And yeah, it's and very I think important that's important to let them grieve. Yeah, I mean, that's important in humans. You know, like you, you talk about humans when you don't allow humans to go through a grieving process. They stay stuck in that emotional place for a much longer time than if they're allowed to go through pain and grieving and then they move through it and yeah. then they move on. And so it's the same with the puppy. It's like if I can be sad that I'm not with my brother anymore, then I am sooner to be happy that yes. I actually have this new family 
and can start adapting yes. to my new environment and being happy with my new environment. That's growth in those primary emotions that are very yeah. important. And, and uh, you know, that, that's not to be entangled in the secondary emotions that are, you know, putting, uh, putting uh, 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 kind of those, uh, how you call those, uh, rose glasses. Yeah, right? rose-colored glasses. Yes, yeah. because the world looks nicer with them, right? No, that's yeah. not the point because that's going to cause trauma to express itself later and we never know how. Yeah. So how about we, I, I think this has been fantastic. What do you think? Okay, yes. I mean, it's so helpful to walk through, like, cause we've talked about it in the episodes, but then to really see the, how you do it, how you establish yourself as a leader and you still can be loving and have all the snuggles and stuff, but you learn how to do it on your time and your way. So they can trust that you're in charge. Yeah. Um, and all the things that they do to tempt us are just a test that we yes. want to pass because that actually makes them feel safer. Yes. Yeah. Correct. So this is so good. So Alex, <laughs> would you take this challenge of doing what Sasha has said and then maybe report back to us? Definitely. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I'll, try, I'm try for, try for two weeks. Don't take your dog in a walk. That's important. Try for this with a little uh, Charlie for a couple of days and try to get rid of the, you know, rid of the things, rearrange a little house. Now you have a help. Shannon can I'll help, help you. you. Yeah. yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> rearrange a house so can feed the puppy and try to get them together. So the Charlie can, uh, Charlie can teach from happy and then you deal with the happy because the happy is the next in line after yeah. your son. And that's, that's how the, um, uh, so cool you know, Tron Tron gets uh, gets kind of like uh, you know felled up, you know. Yeah. So I think um, because to me too, this is so helpful for the previous episodes we have. I feel like this is a really nice application of all that knowledge. Mm -hmm. And so I would love to invite any of the other dog parents watching. If you have questions like Alex had, you know, there was a behavioral thing with Happy. There's the new puppy introduction, going over the rituals. Would you reach out to us and let us know what you're struggling with or what your questions are? And we'll be happy to cover those in upcoming episodes. Or maybe we could even invite you to be a guest. Perfect. And you can have the same conversation to help us all learn how we can better. I mean, ultimately, we're learning better how to take care of our dogs and our family. Yeah. When we yes. understand this order, when we understand this consciousness and this this way they communicate, then we can. It just helps us all be a, a better harmony in our household. Yeah. And everybody's and happier and healthier. Everyone. And then then everything you know, tension in a house just you know get relinquished because everyone is in its place. It's very difficult when when you wear someone else's shoes and you don't have a skills to fulfill those expectations. That's very frustrating. Right. Yeah. So we want to take that burden off of our dogs because otherwise they'll take on loads and loads and loads of stuff that they don't need to take. So, yeah. uh, uh, Alex, okay. I, I hope that I was I was able to, you know, uh, give you a little instructions to how to. And I would love you to also to journal about this if you can daily. Just write a couple of how did you felt? What did you do? What was easy to do it? What was, So you kind of go through this experiment for the experience itself so it's just not Sasha told me but yeah this is how I felt I went angry this was very difficult for me to do he tried 20 times but I was you know and then you're gonna cut yourself by reading a journal uh, a week from now you know giving a reflection or kind of ponder back like how it was you're gonna see improvement because sometime we're gonna uh, improve get improvement without being aware of improvement 
because that's that's what also it's very important to see yourself grow together in this you know mindful experience of being a being a responsible doggy mom. Thank Does that you. Make sense? Yeah, it it totally makes sense. Totally makes sense. It sounds like that's what we need. Definitely. Thank you. Perfect. And then if you have any questions, like reach out. I'm happy to help you. Ray, um, uh, Shannon, you also are part of the pack as much as uh, <laughs> the, the I'm honored to be a temporary part so of the pack. If you happen to uh, feed the dogs because they are out, like there you know. Now you know the drill. Yeah, so, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And we'll teach Xander too because, I mean, that's Xander, the thing. Yeah. Is it's like all of us being a part of it need to know how to do it so we can do it consistently. Yeah, so now, now the little constellation in your home looks like, uh, so the mom, the son, Shannon, because it's a guest, so she's going to go, and then uh, uh, Happy, and then Charlie. So that's a, that's a hierarchy. And that's how it should be communicated, right? Because it's very important uh, for, for this little system, even though Shannon is older than your son, it's just kind of uh, in a... In a, in a way of I'm responsibility a to a family, she comes and goes. So it means that in hierarchy that she needs to communicate with the dogs, she's a lower, lowest in the rank of the humans, but still is a member of the pack until she is, right? That's right. also very important. So you have an obligation too. When the dogs yeah. jump on you, just do it I'm... as much as it takes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, okay. we're going to be busy. But it's so good to know, you know, like... Having the aware awareness is the first step. Like, you know, you need to do things, but really knowing what to do and how to break these things and putting good systems in place is like so hugely helpful. So yeah. I can do that. I can do that. I, I can do that too. Yeah. There you go. Now we know. Now we know. Yeah. Now, we know. now you know. And then now when you know, know that, that's, that's what raises consciousness, awareness. Yeah. And then awareness yeah. brings you completely to a different state of mind. And then from there, the dogs start to trust. And then whatever you want, they are choosing. You, you see, I never told you, put him on the leash, take him there, uh, show him who's the boss and things like that. No, because the hardest work will be on us to force us to do the right things when it's so hard to be done because they're so cute, <laughs> right? So cute. Yes. But it's a trap. Yes. And you know yes. what? We felt in that trap for so many times with the people that seemed so nice to us. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Very uncounty how it's so similar, <laughs> and thank right? You, Shannon. That's, yeah. a new, that's a new line of thoughts for myself as well because when you said he's touching me so gently... Yeah, but he was not invited to that place, so he's right. not appreciating the boundaries. Yeah, oh my God, but that's that how we let our people that look so cute and innocent and wonderful and, and everything, yeah. and then look where we end up being. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then it's not, it seems like a good thing, and it's not a good thing. There you so. go. It's a lesson all across the board. <laughs> lesson learned. So. Okay, thank well, you girls so much. Well, thank very, very much, everyone, for tuning in, and then we will report back how we do. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Wish you good and luck. And anyone else, write in, and we, we look forward to your questions. Wonderful. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, everyone. Good Bye. night, Sasha. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.